playing online and on smart devices. Now on London Scotty Radio, it's podcast time. I'm George Matlock. Hello and welcome to Collard, the in-depth interview series on London Scotty Radio. I'm George Matlock and today we have a guest uh, who has very recently, sadly, lost her Scottish terrier. You may remember Holly. Uh, She had a dog called Monty and Monty was famous for being in a bicycle basket, as I recall. Here to tell us more about uh, Monty's life, he passed away in February, aged 11, is Holly. So first of all, a welcome to the show. Hi, thank you so much for having me on. Um, It's really nice to finally meet you and all your London Scotty Radio listeners. Um, We've um, been meaning to come to your walk since we moved to London several years ago and um, we've just never managed to be able to coordinate it and now of course I'm really regretful (laughs) about about that but uh, it's nice to it's nice to see everyone here anyway. Well, thank you very much for joining us today for this. And I know that this is all very recent, what has happened. And so therefore, you know, I think all the, all the members will, will certainly uh, share in my view that it's very brave of you to come on the programme this soon. Tell us, about, tell us about Monty, because I know he, he passed away aged 11, but he had yeah. a number of ailments, didn't he? He did. Monty was... From eight weeks old, <laughs> Monty had um, a huge catalogue of um, different conditions, some of them really nasty mm-hmm. um, and some of them quite easy um, to live with. Um, but every time we went to the vet, it would take half an hour for the vet to read through his notes before <laughs> before we could even start. You know? Wow. Um, so, uh, yeah, Monty, wait, we got him when he was eight weeks old um and pretty soon after we had him as soon as um as soon as we had his jabs and we took him outside we um we started to notice that when he was really excited which an eight-week-old scotty was like Mm. all the time Mm. (laughs) (laughs) um he he started doing some strange kind of hopping um and it gradually got worse and worse um so his front legs would kind of get really rigid and he'd goose step um his back legs would cramp under him um his back would arch and as the weeks passed um he would start to like ball up and and fall over so with great terror (laughs) and horror um we went over to the um we were in liverpool at the time we went over to Mm -hmm. an amazing hospital uh the teaching hospital um on the wirral um and he was in there for about eight days, going back and forth. Eight days? Yeah, because um, it had got really, quite, really, really bad. And he was panting, he was struggling to breathe. Um, and eventually they diagnosed him um, as having Scotty cramp, which was just... On the one hand, it was really devastating because it's a lifelong condition. Mm. And it was pretty brutal when he was young. But then on the other hand, we were relieved because they were also, the symptoms also, symptoms for a neurodegenerative condition that was, would have been horrendous. Um, So, um, yeah, the hospital didn't really know what to do (laughs) Mm. because it's, thankfully, 
becoming relatively rare, isn't it? Because you're not allowed to to breed dogs with this condition. It turns out that the the kennel club owners that we got Monty from mm. uh, were were not the best sort. Um. <laughs> right. I was going to ask you about that. I mean, yeah. But before we do, I just to to uh, cl- clarify one thing. Um, mm. When when you first started seeing these symptoms, so you were, you were saying this was literally eight, nine, ten weeks um, into into the dog's lifetime. Yeah. Um, that's when you started to notice his problems, his mobility, as you said, that the back legs collapsing and so on. Yeah. Um, did you know at that point that it was possibly Scotty Cramp or had you had did you even know what it was or no I had no idea I'd never it's our, it's our first Scotty our first dog mm. <laughs> um so I'd never heard of it before and um I didn't even know what to search for online the hospital had never encountered it before it's a massive teaching hospital and um yeah they had no idea so they were extremely interested um in Monty which is I think in the end was why they ended, he ended up in there so long. Mm. Well, I ended up taking him for those eight consecutive days. Uh, I didn't leave him overnight, I couldn't bear it. Um, uh, so in a way, the hospital was learning from your experience by the sound of it. They were, it, and because it's a teaching hospital, they had all mm. the Liverpool students. So sometimes there'd be kind of 15, 16 people in the room. Right. <laughs> you know, and it, the appointments would last for ages because they were all so interested in it. Um, mm. I won't ask you what the bill was. I'm sure it wasn't small. Just, I, I never want to talk about pet insurance again. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> did did pet insurance pay out, though? Did they pay out when... They did. They Thankfully, did. they did. Yeah. Um, until, actually, last year, where the monthly payments were up to £600. Mm-hmm. And we were got they priced us out. But they did... Well, I don't know if they covered it. I don't think we broke even, actually. <laughs> Wow. So, t- so, so when, when, when this uh, occurred and you realised that this was a, going to be a lifelong uh, experience that um, it, there is no cure for, 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 for Scotty Cramp, right? Um, yeah. It is relatively rare. You're quite right to say that. But it is nevertheless something that only uh, seems to afflict Scottish Terriers, as far as we know. Right. Um, the, when you realise this, that this was going to be the way it is. What was what was your reaction? I mean, you you had a, a, a very young dog, and yeah. sadly, these symptoms came to be right from the word go. You know, a lot of people say, yeah. "Well, Scotty Cramp doesn't often show itself until at least a, a year into the life right. of the of the dog," and yet you were right. already having to deal with this reality from the very very start. How did you feel about that? I think it was quite, um, there was kind of a dual reaction. The first one was, you know, devastation because mm. this little thing was suffering. But then um, on the other hand, and what I'm realising now that we've lost him was that we, Monty and I especially, bonded at such a profound level because from, you know, when we got him, obviously... It was the best thing that's ever happened to us. And mm. we had this beautiful thing and we completely adored him straight away. But then he became utterly dependent. Mm. And I think for he, he was put on a lot of medication and we've constantly had to go back to the hospitals, maybe, you know, every two weeks or so on, because uh, it, it's morphed into other things as well. Um, right. And, what, and what's happened, I think what happened is just 
because of that, because of his dependency and my caring responsibilities, I just, I bonded with him at such a profound level that, you know, it was awful that he had these things, but at the same time, we became so close <laughs> mm. that, you know. So we, we, we went back to the, the owners who, um, the breeders, and we we'd yeah. said what happened. We went through the kennel club and um, they sent a, a terrible reply. Oh dear. <laughs> and, um, you know, because I, I think to, to, to get Scotty Cramp, both parents need to, to mm. have the condition. It's not... Right. So I, I, I guess they could be carriers, but I mean, the breeders would have known and, you know, it was so unethical to do this. And, but then in the end, I just thought, well, you know, there's nothing we're going to do about it. Thank goodness he's with us. <laughs> Thank goodness I have mm. him. <laughs> and I know that I'm going to look after him and we're in a position to look after him. And, um, and which you did, and which you did. Which we but did. <laughs> without obviously naming the, the breeder, we'd rather you didn't. Um, but yeah. tell us if you would, when you say they sent you a nasty reply, do you mind us asking what that was? Or what what yeah. was it that upset you? Um, because I find it, frankly, um, in, uh, well, surprising and shocking that anyone uh, would send anything back other than a, a, a letter of sympathy. So what, what exactly, do you mind us asking, did they, did they say in their letter? Um, it, was, it was astonishing, actually. It was, um, it was first saying, you know, you're lying. <laughs> There's nothing wrong with him. And well, the Liverpool we Hospital think... can probably bear that out, that that's not yeah. the case. <laughs> okay, first, um, first line of, uh, that's that been knocked down, okay. <laughs> Yeah, that was the first thing. And the second mm. thing was, um, you know, you've obviously fabricated it to try and get the money you paid for him back. And, and I, I would just, we went, yeah, I wasn't in a position to... Well, just, so the doctors know. are liars. Is that what they're saying? The doctors who diagnosed this were liars and were in concert with you to try and extort money. It's crazy, wow. isn't it? <laughs> when you think about that, it could have been a very serious uh, matter of defamation. What actually happened? Yeah. Do you mind me asking, how did you respond to this letter? So, um, so that I, you know, I, I would have responded in a, you know, with lots of anger. <laughs> so I, I, I went through the kennel club in the end and um, they, I think, it's a long time ago now. Mm. I think they were struck off. I think, I'm not sure. Um, it was such a long time ago and there was so much going on, but there was, there wasn't, I, I think they, they got in trouble and, right. you know, they weren't allowed to... Well, they you can't stop them breeding anymore, but they wouldn't be able to, you know, be members. Yeah, of they the wouldn't be accredited club. exactly. So presumably, yeah. the kennel club took action, whatever that was. Yeah. Um, but they took action against this breeder. Yeah. Right. Okay. Okay. Uh, well, at least uh, it's good to know that the kennel club takes these things seriously, um, yeah, and it as and it it is just very sad uh, that uh, the breeder decided. Uh, not to take your you seriously, and and if yeah. anything was trying to um, uh, complicate matters by making insinuations that easily you could have demolished. But you chose, I presume, not to fight them, right? You you went just to the, report this to the kennel club. Yeah, I think I just didn't trust myself to to not get really upset and angry mm. um, and kind of escalate things in a in a in a an awful way because it was so upsetting. Yeah. Um, initially, I think the the hospital were great. They sent over all the documentation and their diagnosis and um, and so on, and and they, and they just stopped replying mm. to us anyway. So. Now I don't know if you felt bullied by the uh, the breeder in a sense by by the strength of their uh, rebuff, 
but um, I know that a number of organizations would probably be able to help uh, and those listeners who may be experiencing or have experienced a similar situation. So if anyone out there mm-hmm. has been uh, basically treated or mistreated by a breeder, having brought a serious matter like Scotty Cramp to their attention, uh, there are organizations who would support uh, support the, such owners. And if anyone has any questions on that, they're very welcome to contact the London Scotty Club. We we are not lawyers. We can't obviously intervene or inter, uh, or mediate, but we might be able to at least point people to the right, uh, you know, third parties who can help them. Um, yeah. Just something just for, for listeners to sort of bear in mind if they're sort of thinking the same thing as I am thinking, which is that sure. really it deserved it deserves some kind of uh, a further. A response but at least yeah. the kennel club did their bit and that i think is already uh, a, a really important development so th- thank you for, for telling us what happened there right. so tell now holly I, as i understand it um scotty cramp wasn't the only thing um that afflicted uh monty in his 11 oh, years monty. <laughs> tell us more I, I think um the vet quite early on said you know his immune system is is not good <laughs> so he got everything continually um mm-hmm. that you know a, a dog can get <laughs> all sorts of one-off strange bizarre um ailments um, right. that would come and go you know almost monthly <laughs> with some wow. new strange thing but the big thing that happened and i don't know i i did quite a lot of research into this but i'm not a scientist and i didn't really understand a lot of it but when he was um about six um, the things that usually happen when he goes into a Scotty cramp episode, like uh, very stiff legs, a lot mm. of panting, um, his ears back. Um, he, 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 he went into one of these little episodes and I thought, okay, he's got Scotty cramp and I gave him one of his tablets and it got worse and worse and it went into a full-blown, hour-long epileptic fit. Um, it was just one of the worst things that I've ever seen. Um and we, off we went back to the world um, and he got diagnosed with with epilepsy. Um, and I know that the, the, the production of, or what happens with Scotty Cramp, it's a kind of serotonin production transmission issue, um, is very different from what happens in epilepsy. Um, the two, for me, were so similar that I was sure that one was kind of leading to another, maybe... Mm-hmm. I know in epilepsy you can have um, it, it, it can be it, it can start later in life because you've either got like an infection in your brain or a scarring in your brain or mm-hmm. um, and with the vets we we were wondering whether the cramps and those continual episodes because he had them all the time um, whether it it kind of scarred his brain in some way that it had now initiated or developed into this horrendous epilepsy um i mean i've never seen anything like it is episodes they would last for they would start up over 45 minutes of panting 45 um, minutes with the actual fitting would last for over an hour oh um, my goodness and the the vet always said you know you have to bring him in because the only thing we can do is to knock him out but you couldn't because um, the only way that you could get him out of it was to, you know, turn off all the lights, all stimulation, and to to rub his back in a very rhythmic way. 
um, and sing to him <laughs> in a certain way and have no dis- and if we'd moved him he wouldn't have got through it what was his favorite song it was actually his name or Daisy Daisy <laughs> Daisy Daisy I know it's the 21st century is there something you want to tell us about Monty <laughs> <laughs> he was very complicated as sounds a very complicated <laughs> very little little chap yes <laughs> okay so he was a black scottish terrier um and um uh, you you had monty for those 11 years it 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 sounds like from the very start you you had to deal with some very serious and punishing conditions that can beset scottish terriers I think it's certainly fair to say you were incredibly unlucky that there was so, quite so much going on. Um, did you feel at any point that it was all too much? I mean, you sound like you and your partner are relatively young people. I mean, did you sort of feel, well, you know, perhaps we should rehome him? Or oh, did you feel no chance? No chance. Mm. Completely devoted. Um, and even more so with his conditions, because yeah. we worked out you know exactly exactly what to do and you know there's a comfort in knowing exactly what to do mm. as well um i mean it, it complicated things because we couldn't really go away couldn't leave him with anyone um but then it didn't complicate things because we ended up going away to dog friendly places in this country yeah. and that's lovely as you went well. on holidays and with him yeah so, yeah yeah of course we could and so mm. yeah not at all I and mean, we largely work from home so right we could be here all the time so i feel actually Lucky to have had him and lucky that he found us were in a position that, you know, we could yeah. be with him. So you've been basically teleworking for a decade. Is that right? Yeah. Well, not, <laughs> yeah not bad. Yeah, with nothing. <laughs> Mo- most, of, most of us only just about got to grips with it after two years, but um, <laughs> two, two years of the pandemic. But here you are doing teleworking for the last uh, decade. Well, good for you. Well, of course, that does help because then, as you say, you were at home. There was somebody always there that the dog could always have attention and, and Monty was not sort of left... Um, were you anxious in the office and 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 worried about how he's getting on? So that's yeah. that obviously worked in your family, uh, in your circumstances. Um, yeah. And in, and when you when you think about you know all that he went through, um, and you know I mean did, were were there times when you when you asked yourself why is this happening to us? And I think that's almost every time we went to the vet, the vet, the vet just said it's just not fair. Mm. You know, we go in with a new condition. He, he had um, thyroid issues as well and terrible skin conditions mm. um, very frequently. And and he, the vet would just say, look, it's just not fair. <laughs> just give him a break. He needs a break. But then, you know, he's... You know what Scotties are like? They're so stoic, aren't they? And oh, absolutely. So, they never so, give anything away. Yeah. <laughs> Nothing. So he was fine. <laughs> as far as I could see, he was just fine. He's like, hi, vet. <laughs> I'm back. Yeah. <laughs> yeah it, most of us will go to the gp and we'll make a fuss about whatever it is we'll i'm not saying we're malingering i'm not suggesting that but we we, we as as human beings will go to a, a gp and we'll usually say there's this not right that not right what do you make of it and sometimes we'll just be shown the door and say take a couple of aspirins and don't waste my time but yeah but it could be more serious it's always good to go to the gp if you're unwell and to check and it's the same with true with with dogs if they're unwell you should always take them and you did absolutely the right thing but it sounds like in your case um this was these were real problems these were not made up problems that the dog wasn't giving wasn't unfortunately as forthcoming about what's wrong as say we would be as human beings obviously because dogs can't communicate they can't talk they can't say 
what they're going through. Yeah. But it's it's so much harder when the dog is effectively trying to conceal the ailments, which is what I think was happening here. Yeah, absolutely. Because if you know, it, if he was in a going into a cramp, you know, it would mean no walk. <laughs> so he yeah. was not going to show us anything. Mm. <laughs> and he'd keep trying to go. You know, he'd be falling over, and he'd trying to get up. You know, it's fine. I'm fine. Mm. And tell us, but he was, the the medication was great. Actually, he got put on. Sorry. Sorry, you he was put on medication. That was exactly what I was going to uh, ask you about. So, um, no, that's all right. Um, when, when he had medication, he had basically a life yeah. of medication. Yeah. And how many different medications was he on? Um, so he got on put on uh, three times a day clonazepam. That mm-hmm. was for the Scotty cramp. And it really, really helped. And mm-hmm. if he had an episode, you could give him an extra one. Um, and then he was on twice a day Pexian for his epilepsy. Um, he was on Thyphorin for his thyroid. <laughs> um he, he needed quite a lot of antibiotic courses for the skin conditions when it couldn't be contained. Um, and I think with him, because his immune system was so suppressed and he had so many drugs in him that, mm. you know, a little skin condition within a few days would be like he'd been peeled. <laughs> so, uh, whereas, you know, I, I, I didn't want to give him medication and we really didn't want to give him... Um, any sort of antibiotics. We tried all the other things that you could use, lots of mm. organic um, cider vinegar and so on. Um, we did learn that if we left it for a day, he would be in trouble. So often it, it did, you know, the first signs we would just get him help. So it was it was actually very intensive then, wasn't it? Yeah, it was really intensive. Mm. Um, medicated baths every night. Gosh. Did you <laughs> have a social life at all during no. these years? <laughs> Well, it's all dog owners, isn't it, in the end? Yeah, yep, I guess. <laughs> you, you guys understand this. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. Well, it's a commitment. You know, we as as humans make a commitment to a dog. You have been a really a, a model example of what that actually means. I hope and I, re- I pray that most of the people listening to this programme do not have and never will have the kinds of experiences that you've had with with Monty that they've had to devote so much of their time instead of enjoying it with their dog actually protecting and trying to help their dog Um, but if but I know for a fact also that if any of our members were to have to to do this they would do exactly what you have done as well I know that for a fact they would do that they would do the same they would make the same commitment because you get that you get that bond don't you and it's I mean, it's, they're family, it's aren't they? Non-negotiable, absolutely. Yeah. They are family, you know. Course, they, they really more are than fam- family. Usually, <laughs> <laughs> don't tell your partner that. Don't, t- don't tell you Monty was more important. Um, <laughs> He'd agree. <laughs> <laughs> so, I mean, I, my sort of endearing and long-lasting memory of Monty would be some of the photos that you shared with us. Because I say I never met, oh. I never had the pleasure of meeting Monty, but the the pictures that you sent uh, were very artistic, actually. Um, very often depicting him in a shopping basket on the front of the handlebars of your bicycle. Do you want to tell us about that? <laughs> How did that all happen? I just, I, I was a big cyclist and, you know, Scotty's on the greatest at running. <laughs> you know, there's too much to sniff and then Monty yeah. had to pee on everything. Mm. Um, so, uh, yeah, just to keep up with that, just plonked him in when he was about 10 weeks old and, and he loved it because he knew that there was a park at the end of every cycle. Um, <laughs> and we kept going. He, I mean, he, he got pretty heavy. 
pretty robust creatures, aren't they? So he was, he was quite heavy, but it was it was great fun. I was going to say, how did you manage as he grew older and older? Because he did live till 11. How did you manage to keep balance on your bicycle with that sort of weight <laughs> slopping around in the basket in front of you? Yeah. <laughs> well, luckily, he was very passive in the basket. You right. know, once he was in, he would just be completely still <laughs> and kind of snooze. So. <laughs> <laughs> I just, it just sounds like a, a, an episode out of Mr. Bean, you know. I saw, yeah. saw this, this bloke trying to cycle with the, the front wheel sort of wobbling from side to side as he's trying to stay stay upright and this and this dog sort of from time to time peering over the side of the basket saying you missed a bit you want to go the other way yeah. um, and give you know talk about backseat drivers in this case front seat drivers front seat. yeah exactly yeah it's, it's a lovely bicycle i mean the photos are endearing and we'll definitely make sure that one of those photographs will oh. will illustrate this particular episode of the podcast oh, um so so thank you very much for sharing this uh, with us today Pleasure. um and I think a lot. I say a lot of people. I think will will certainly relate to to what you've said here today. Um, is there anything from Monty's time that you particularly, you know, anything you want to highlight? Something you want the listeners to know about? Because I don't pretend to have all the right questions, but you may have the right answers. Um, about his his illnesses. His illnesses, or his his achievements, or what 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 he meant to you. Oh everything <laughs> we're really quite broken about the loss at the moment um um but gradually i guess anyone who's lost a dog you you'll you'll relate to this that gradually you do get the the good memories and you know don't yeah. sob every time you see <laughs> yeah you it's see remember the good things. times exactly remember yeah. the good times which there clearly were many yeah. um and was it just remind us was it was monty your first dog First dog. First yeah. dog. Right. Okay. <laughs> now the big question that everyone therefore wants to, this to lead to is: Will you have another Scotty? Obviously, <laughs> there's no other dog. You couldn't have another dog. Yep. <laughs> However stubborn. But you will have <laughs> a dog. But, but you will have a dog. I mean, you. The reason yeah. I ask, and 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 it's not in any way a flippant or obvious question. I I say it because yeah. an important thing here is that you had an experience with a very a troubling one i mean you you obviously rose to the to the challenge and 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 you clearly did everything for monty to make him comfortable and to give him the best out of life that life could give him but you know there's no getting away from the fact that it was a very difficult time for you um and i was just wondering whether it would put you off or, or would you simply say well the next one might be healthy so well let's do it again how, how do you how do you approach yeah. this absolutely Absolutely. And then I, I think now, even if, you know, another problem developed with another dog, you know, you know, you can do it emotionally, <laughs> you yeah. know, you can do it. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, absolutely not put off. There's such a void. I think, it, it you know, we, yeah. we can't fill it at the moment <laughs> because no. it's just too big and too awful. But soon, yes definitely will yeah well monty clearly made a huge impression in your lives and oh, that's why everyone's you're life. feeling it yeah um we very much hope and and everyone who's listening i'm sure will hope that you will soon have another scotty in your life and uh, that this will be a healthy one and one that you know you'll be bringing to the scotty club walkabouts on a regular occurrence absolutely yeah, absolutely. Holly, it's been a real pleasure to talk to you today on Collard. 
and uh, we very much hope to hear your news um you know please let us know through the whatsapp group when you're ready uh, any news about new little four feet coming your way <laughs> will do thank you so much for having me on Thanks for listening to London Scotty Radio. This and all our podcasts are available online at londonscotty.club. If you liked it, be sure to subscribe to us from your favourite podcast player app. Also visit us on YouTube for fun videos. And if you have a Scottish Terrier in London or nearby, be sure to join us.